ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk All Around Sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 329th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my events of the week, highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items. Also, we'll be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week was experiencing a truly classic Boston sports weekend. They don't come along too often, but this was an all-timer. And, of course, I'm referring specifically to last night with uh, the Red Sox and the Patriots playing at basically the exact same time. Red Sox started an hour early and got kicked off with David Price finally, uh, finally having a good showing in the playoffs. Been a while. Uh, he hasn't won a game. In his uh, ever in his postseason career in the playoffs, didn't win last night, but didn't get credit for the victory. But he pitched well enough to, uh, shall we say, toe the line, hold the line, and the Red Sox came away with a victory. And the drama of his first couple innings was great because I, leading into my events of the weekend that I attended, was at the epic. Patriots Chiefs game and an hour or so before the game everybody was just zeroed in on David Price and how would he do in the first inning or two given he he didn't even go two innings against the Yankees in game two of the divisional series so it was just great great energy uh, really elevated the Patriots Chiefs game which was already basically the NFL game of the year and it more than lived up to it the way it played out and between uh, Sunday night football the Red Sox game going on and of course the Patriots and Chiefs putting on an absolute show it was just spectacular uh, Patriots Chiefs game was uh, everything we expected Lots of scoring, ends 43-40. to 40. Patriots actually uh, were up like 24-9 to 9 at halftime. It looked like they had the game well in hand, but no one was uh, saying victory was in the bag given who was on the other side of the field, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who lit it up in the second half to draw even then actually take the lead. Uh, lots of fabulous plays from the 97-yard kickoff return to uh, any number of Tyreek Hill plays. 
Mahomes showed us just enough to with some of his passes to show uh, that he's special. So it was just great stuff. And of course, when you speak of special, you you really have to start and end with Tom Brady. I mean, he did it again last night. Uh, no concerns, you know. As soon as uh, Tyreek Hill scored on the play following the Patriots scoring, uh, everybody's thought was uh, they left Brady too much time. And that's exactly what happened. And the Patriots closed it out with a field goal. Big play coming on a pass to Gronk. So just uh, there's just nothing like Boston when you have a, not only a night like last night, but really a, a weekend in general. Of course, Saturday night, went to the local sports establishment for game one of the Red Sox Astros. Absolutely packed. Uh, super high energy for that coming off the victory over the Yankees, uh, which was just incredible. The ninth inning of the closeout game against the Yankees was as good a drama as you'll find in all of baseball. Uh, just classic with uh, Craig Kimbrell closing it out. Uh, but not until he <laughs> put a lot of men on base in the bottom of the ninth. A lot of nervous people. It felt like a must win, even though the Sox were up 2-1 to one in the series, looking to close it out in game four. And so that was Saturday night. I even got a, a little extra bonus lead in when uh, I attended the Bruins-Edmonton Oilers game on Thursday night at the Boston Garden, which of course featured Connor McDavid, the next big thing. He's already a big thing, but he's that generational player like a Sidney Crosby, a Gretzky, a Bobby Orr, a Mario Lemieux, and he electrified the crowd right off the bat when in the first couple of minutes of the game, uh, he got a, a puck. He's of course big and known for his speed. And just literally glided down the ice. The goalie truly had no chance and uh, scored a goal. So, I mean, all the Bruins fans loved seeing this prodigy uh, show his wares right out, right out of the box in the first minute or two. And even better yet for Bruins fans, the Bruins then played great from there on in, holding, uh, holding the Oilers scoreless and... One four to one, so it's just been again uh, an epic week. And up here in Boston, of course, headlined by last night's just truly, truly special, special evening. Uh, again, being at Gillette, watching the Pats Chiefs uh, in their shootout while having uh, one eye and or ear on the Sox game. And everybody was, trust me. They were flashing the score of the Sox game up on the scoreboard at Gillette. Uh, it was just truly, truly great stuff. And oh, by the way, that's not all because tomorrow night the Celtics open their season and it's going to be with uh, against the 76ers. So great game at the Garden. And uh, everybody's really excited for that because we're going to get our first look at Gordon Hayward the prize-free agent from a year ago who, as we all know, broke his leg in the opening minute or two of, uh, of the season last year, and we never saw him. So tomorrow night, we get to see uh, Gordon Hayward, albeit a year late. 
Uh, big day yesterday, of course, in the NFL. Steelers with a huge win over the Bengals. Antonio Brown with the winning touchdown. Controversy over whether or not it was a pick play. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars suddenly falling silent, not trash-talking anymore after being literally massacred by the Cowboys. They've lost three out of four uh, after they beat the Patriots in week two and were considered the uh, this year's it team. Not quite turning out that way. Also, speaking of Florida teams, Brock Osweiler, a surprise starter for the Dolphins when Ryan Tannehill was unable to go, and he just lit up one of the best defenses in the NFL, the Chicago Bears. Great game, went into overtime. Tremendous drama. And uh, speaking of drama, that leads into my bizarre story of the week, which was the Tampa Bay Bucks' last play laterals in their loss to the Falcons. It was an amazing call, number one, and it almost worked. If Deshaun Jackson holds on to that final lateral at the four-yard line uh, with his speed, but yet for Falcons closing in from a really close range, that would have been really worth the price of admission. Anyway, Jackson, Deshaun Jackson couldn't hold on to it, and the Falcons won. And boy, did they need that uh, desperately to get their second win of the year. And uh, so again, uh, just a great, great sports weekend uh, this is, again, arguably the best sports month of the year. Uh, the only one that even comes close would be April when you get the NBA and NHL playoffs going. But baseball playoffs combined with football in full sp- swing. Now we got hockey underway as well, and now the NBA gets going tomorrow night. So all four sports going full throttle come tomorrow. So it's going to be fun. And... Uh, Lastly, my low light of the week is Penn State losing again and what they were calling losing again late. Uh, two weeks in a row now to Ohio State a couple weeks ago and then to Michigan State at home on homecoming weekend. The announcers themselves were calling it a Big Ten elimination game, Big Ten East especially, and Penn State again could not hold a fourth quarter lead. So a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of angst in State College to say the least. So now, let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports, so don't go anywhere. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. 
Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now... Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And AP, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, John. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Well, thank you for joining us, as always. And uh, college football, what a weekend, huh? The uh, landscape has certainly changed since we talked last Monday. And you were there, for, as always, for the number one team in the country, Alabama. The tide keeps rolling, as they did. But now... Uh, the teams immediately following them, there's been a dramatic shift in the top five and or the top ten in college football after this weekend. Yeah, John, it was quite a weekend, especially down in Baton Rouge where I knew that LSU had a chance because they have the defensive players that will compete in the NFL. But I, in no way, shape, or form that I believe it would be such a large victory for the Tigers. But as we've talked through the last month or so, Joe Burrow's who, Ohio State transfer the quarterback for LSU right now. He can make plays with his legs, and he did on Saturday, and also make the crucial throws down the field to give his team a chance to win. So he's so much of a threat, so much more of a threat than they've had in the last decade plus. That it's it's refreshing to watch LSU. I mean, they've always been able to run the football, and now they can throw it from time to time. Yes, he was great. Uh, he literally. Uh, you know, in light of his name, he literally burrowed into the end zone on, for a touchdown. And the minute I saw it, I couldn't help but say it. And the announcer actually said it, you know, when I was thinking it. So uh, it's, it was too easy of a play on words to not, uh, to not use it. Right. And, uh, but he is, he's been great. Yeah. He, more than anything to me, you know, he's a leader. He's well above average yeah. passing and mobility. But he's, he's just, from the day I saw him open the season against, I believe, Miami down there in yeah. Dallas, if I remember correctly. And, you know, he's just one of those guys. I mean, I knew with it, 
knew it within the fir- by the end of the first quarter of the first of the year against Miami, good team, big game. And I just said, oh, this guy, he looks like the real deal. He's great backstory, of course, transferring out of Ohio State after, uh, you know, been around for a couple of years. Dwayne Haskins beat him out, you know, and uh, after JT Barrett, you know, had a lock on the job prior to that. So, yeah, good for him. It, we said it a few weeks ago. Say it again. LSU and Joe Burrow have been a marriage made in heaven. And despite the fact they lost last week, uh, they more than made up with it by uh, really uh, taking it to Georgia in a big way. I mean, that game was never in doubt, basically. No, Georgia tried to make a comeback, but LSU, they just showed the resiliency later on in the game, and they were about to give up any lead, and they increased the margin. But I, like I say, I'm impressed with LSU because – Yes. They have good, good running backs, talented receivers. You know, they need a little bit of consistency catching the football. The quarterback makes the plays. They have very good defenders. And then they have, John, the, the secret weapon is that kicker. Correct. make from, him in the clutch. From Assumption College in Massachusetts, nearby where I'm speaking of right now, right? Correct. Correct. He's California yeah. cool via Assumption College. Exactly. Uh Exactly. So it's, uh, yeah, you talk about a good backstory. There's another one. So, you know, suddenly you have a theme of, you know, the kicker, the quarterback with these interesting backstories as to how they end up at LSU. And and here we have LSU back to being LSU and AP. I'm sure you already think about it down there in Alabama, as are many others. Uh, uh, it's just now a few short weeks to Saturday, November 3rd, when Alabama will travel to Baton Rouge and Death Valley for a Saturday night game. Uh, I'm just assuming it's Saturday night, obviously. <laughs> I can't imagine it would be I anything think so. but. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so, too. Uh, it's a natural. And uh, as we all know, a few years back, LSU and Alabama game head-to-head a couple years in a row had national championship implications they were basically the number one and two teams in the country or thereabouts. And uh, I think we're heading right back in that direction. LSU's win over Georgia could put them back in the top five. And uh, and here we go, AP. I'm sure the chatter's already begun down south, right? Oh, absolutely. That's a humongous game because the coach at LSU, there's so much pressure on him to defeat Alabama. And now he's in an excellent position. It's a home game. You've beaten Georgia, who was number two or three all yep. year long. Yep. Talented football team similar to, to Alabama. You have that confidence. You have somebody at the quarterback position that is productive and makes all players around him better. Uh, and I say they have the defense, the kicking game, the home field advantage. It's setting up for LSU to really give Alabama a tough time. Correct. And most importantly, I mean, when I, you know, watched that game on Saturday, what I couldn't, my takeaway was pretty simple. LSU now knows what they're capable of doing in Death Valley. So they know what they did in going out. So to me, that's the the, the biggest takeaway from beating Georgia in Baton Rouge is that they now know in their minds. We'll see what happens on the field, but in their minds, they now have to believe that you know, they can give Alabama all they can, all they can handle, and uh, so that's huge. 
to have that confidence factor. And uh, speaking of Alabama AP, uh, you know, you saw the Tide again on Saturday as they uh, took care of Missouri on what? Homecoming weekend, correct? Homecoming weekend, they sure did. You know, Alabama and Missouri, believe it or not, they've had, I think, five games. They played maybe four or five games. The first two, Missouri won way back in 1975, then Alabama is one of the last uh, last three, I guess, in a pretty uh, decisive form. But, you know, uh, Drew Locke came to town, one of the better quarterbacks in the league, across the country, averaging 300-plus yards per game, 200-plus yards rushing. Alabama held them to a little bit over, over 200 yards total. So it was a, an excellent defensive effort. Uh, Drew Locke had 142 yards, way below his 300-plus yards passing the football. So Alabama was a very successful night for them. Uh, they, they held Missouri to 212 yards. Alabama ended up with 564 yards. That's some kind of school records six or seven times in a row over that number, 500 yards plus yards. So if you're going to compete with Alabama this year, you're going to have to score a lot of points. And I think Alabama's probably going to have to give you the football at some point, fumble, interception. They're going to have to make some errors because this offense has been unstoppable. Um, and, you know, with, with the ability of Tua to get the ball around to all these receivers, the tight ends, the running backs, it's just uncanny. You know, i said it many times, superior vision, accuracy, touch, pocket presence. I mean, he's just really the, one of the best quarterback China I've ever seen at Alabama. I mean, he's right up there with Namath and Stabler and anybody I could think of who played the position. Wow. That's a serious company there, and but it's all true. I mean, he, you know, uh, no players ever made a grander entrance into the world of college football than he did last year in the second half of the national championship game where he carried it, carried them to victory after being behind to Georgia. And then, uh, and then of course the exclamation point with the long pass in overtime to actually win the national championship. That's, you know, you can't write that script. And, uh, and yeah. if anything, he's just, and, you know, he, he's even better. I mean, he looks even better now. He's just in control. He's the man. And it's great to see. I mean, you know, I think most people believe, myself included, you know, he's the leader in the Heisman vote right now. If it was, if it was to be awarded today, uh, he'd win it, I think. Most people think he would. And, uh, and the big reason is he's, you know, the field general of the best team in the country, which I think is great. It's not really statistics base although he has all the statistics to bring with it but yeah. ap he uh he was he got a little bit hobbled on saturday right any concerns there yeah you know he was running the football maybe eight or nine yard gain and he slid to the ground so he wouldn't get hit and he uh hurt his knee uh and but Nick Saban said at the end of the game and after the you know the press conference post game press conference that if he's available if he needed to play that night, but they just held him out. So he's played the whole season, John. I don't think he's played the fourth quarter, which is incredible. Seven games, never played in the fourth fourth quarter. Yeah, well, that's a strong testament to the kind of year they're having. They are just awesome. You know, it's going to be interesting to see them get tested, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks at LSU and, uh, so, yeah, that's shaping up as, as the game of the year. 
which is terrific because again, those games a few years back were uh, were memorable to say the least. And uh, you know, there was a lot of chatter about Georgia. I'm sure you heard it. Of course, everybody did. That you know, uh, they really hadn't played anybody, so people were curious about how they would do against LSU. We now know the answer, and uh, obviously those those you know storylines you know had pretty strong basis given how LSU just was in charge of that game from start to finish basically yeah i would like i said i was really surprised at the margin of victory i knew that LSU had a chance to win that game but they really shut down and i think they had ended up with 275 rushing yards against georgia yes which was yes extremely surprising because you just don't run over a Kirby Smart defense very often. But that Correct. showed me that, you know, Georgia, they lost a lot of players on defense. They did. And they, they weren't up for the challenge last weekend. So they're, they have to, and I was thinking about this, John, that they have to go to Kentucky in about two weeks, I think it is, two, three weeks. And we all know that they have one of the best running backs in Snell. So Kentucky can run the football. So Georgia is going to be challenged. And then they have before they play Kentucky, the last weekend in October they play Florida, who's playing extremely well. So you know Georgia has a lot of uh, a lot of things to consider before they they talk about getting to the SEC championship game in Atlanta because Kentucky and Florida are going to have something to say about that that SEC Eastern Division. Absolutely, what's well, not a given. By any means, and uh, speaking of Florida, uh, they had an interesting game, shall we say, over the weekend, uh, or an in- interesting incident in their game against Vanderbilt on Saturday. Uh, but we're actually up against the break right now, so why don't we take our break and we get back? We'll talk a little bit about the Gators-Vanderbilt game as well as some of the other huge games over the weekend. And we'll do so right after this break. to the pros we, we, we cover, everything. cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. 
Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-294. 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, call the number is 1-888-888. 346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we touched at the end of the previous segment on the SEC East, including the Florida Gators, and there was an amazing situation on Saturday when they played at Vanderbilt to Nashville where a Florida player hit a Vanderbilt player really hard and was ejected for targeting and that led to Vanderbilt coach Derek Mason coming across to check on his player which then became a shouting match with both the Florida defensive coordinator as well as head coach Dan Mullen and the Vanderbilt team poured out onto the field and luckily Mason Lake just stopped them dead in their tracks. But it was crazy, AP. And then there was a you know another Florida player ejected off the sidelines, a star linebacker, and he was just going ballistic as he was being escorted off the field. So it was just quite a scene, AP. Uh, as the announcer said, and I agree, it's like. This is something like we've never seen before. It was really insane. Luckily, it didn't escalate into anything truly, truly crazy, but it was right on the border. I couldn't believe it. I happened to be watching another game, and I got the uh, literally a news alert. And so I switched channels and was able to like rewind and go back and watch the entire thing start to finish. And it went on for a while. It was like 15 minutes near the end of the second quarter. So, uh SEC football, AP, it's a serious business, right? 
Absolutely. There's a lot of money involved, and when there's that type of dollar figure, then the emotions can run high, and, and even people who know each other, when they're competing for those three or four hours, their personalities change. So, uh, But I, I don't like to see any fighting in football. I don't like to see... I mean, you got to leave that for hockey or something else, but I don't <laughs> right. like to see any fighting in football. Yeah, especially between uh, coaches. Uh, yeah. You know, and it was tested between players, too. I mean, it was uh, just a really serious, tough hit. Um, just a crazy, crazy scene, um, to say the least. So, again, luckily it didn't escalate to where anybody got hurt or anything like that. Uh but yeah, I, honestly, I, Dan Mullen, you would know better than me, but I, I've never seen that side of his personality. I mean, he was screaming big time at Coach Derek Mason of Vanderbilt. I mean, big time. Um, so, you know, I, I've just never seen him with that kind of emotion. I saw him, you know, he's a coach at Mississippi State. Uh, obviously, he used to be on the Florida staff back in the day. Uh, but, you know. You said it perfectly. Emotions run high in, the, in these games, and Dan Mullins showed the most emotion I've ever seen him show. I mean, he was li- everybody was livid. Is the best way to say it. Yeah, normally the coaches they're trying to keep their composure, but obviously they had a breakdown as well. I, I think that you know Florida they lost their leading their leading tackler uh, Joseph. I guess yeah, that was the second such penalty right. of the first half. That's the guy who, that's the star linebacker that was being escorted off, um, like a game-changing change, player. So it's a game-changing moment. Keep in mind, Vanderbilt was winning this game. Um, you, know, you know, they were in control of this game in the first half. So we had a major upset brewing. And, uh, right. yeah, Joseph is exactly the guy, AP, and he was uh, one unhappy camper about being Ejected, and I have no idea why he was ejected. I, again, he was never even in the screen that I could see as far as all the antics that were going on between, you know, all over the place, basically. But, yeah. Right. <laughs> but Florida, you know, did come back in the second half uh, on a mission and ended up winning. So they're, they're still, uh, you know, they're alive in the SEC East, that's for sure. No doubt about it. Yeah, they're they're gaining confidence every week. Uh, and Georgia went down to LSU, so in, not this weekend, but the following weekend they play in Jacksonville, Georgia, Florida. That'll be quite the ball game. It'll affect the SEC Eastern Division title. And whoever wins that game probably, uh, depending on what Kentucky does, will have control of the, that division. Right. Let's not forget, by the way, that Florida beat LSU, who we who we spent a lot of time talking about in the previous segment. Yes. Uh, Florida beat LSU a week ago, so <laughs> you know uh, they're pretty talented themselves. So uh, there's just again tough to keep up with the SEC, right? There's just uh, crazy games and important games occurring nonstop in that league. So. Um, it's going to be fun to watch, to say the least. Uh, but there were some other, you know, fascinating games over the weekend, AP. Uh, you know, including upsets. Washington lost to Oregon. 
West Virginia lost to Iowa State. And Notre Dame barely got by Pitt. Uh, I was watching the end of that game, and Pitt looked poised to pull off one of their famous upsets, which they seem to come up with every two or three years, like against Miami a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and on and on. You know, going back to when they beat West Virginia, who was the number one team in the country way back in the day down in Morgantown when Major Harris was the quarterback. So Pitt has that history. And I thought they were going to do it in Notre Dame, but the Notre Dame defense rose up and stopped them on the final drive. But anyway, just started, you know, uh, Washington losing to Oregon. Oregon is suddenly in the, you know, in the picture. Um, after their heartbreaking loss to Stanford. So I think we're reaching a point, AP, where, you know, all these good teams are knocking each other off and going undefeated, which Alabama certainly is, uh, is tougher and tougher every year. I, I think that's where we're headed. You know, these teams have great victories, but they also have heartbreaking losses, and it seems like most every team is in that boat. Yeah, absolutely, John. Then you look at a team like Michigan who waxed Wisconsin. There you go. So, yes, you know you're huge win. The point where at the end of the season, how many let's say one loss teams are going to be in the playoffs? Maybe maybe all four. It could be. It could be. And you know, I'm glad you said that because uh, the Michigan game was huge. Um, of course, everybody up here in Boston, myself included, was pretty consumed with the Red Sox game one ALCS, so uh, wasn't on top of college football on Saturday night. But anyway, Alabama, of course, is number one. But with all these big shakeups, uh, you know, we now have Ohio State number two, Clemson three. That's pretty much remained the same. But Notre Dame and LSU are now in the top five. Well, you know, Georgia, they're out Number eight, West Virginia fell to 13. Penn State completely out of the poll. <laughs> Hard to believe. Yes, yeah, that, that was surprising. That was surprising, John. Michigan State, they're, they're an interesting team, though. Yes, they are. Uh, they're they're very, phys very physical, and if you're not ready to play, they can lay one on you. Uh, you know, they have their ups and That's a program that has the ups and downs. Exactly right, and they were kind of on a down they had lost a home game to, I believe, maybe Northwestern the week before. A lot of their Correct. players injured, including their star running back, L.J. Scott. Six of their top players didn't even travel to Happy Valley, which is now Unhappy Valley. Um, yeah. right. AP Michigan State, they're always competitive. They're, you know, And they have given Penn yes. State uh, all they can handle over the years. They've played in yes. some really good games. The, it's on the road, John. I think it's usually it's on the always road, in, though, right? Usually on, it's on the it's road, always in late November. Yeah, it, it's pretty crazy, yeah. AP, because uh, typically that game was the last home game of the year. So for whatever reason, was played earlier this year. Um, yeah. Let's not forget last year, you know, um, after Penn, again, two years in a row, Ohio State, Michigan State losses back-to-back -back, uh, for Penn State. And last year, after losing the gut-wrenching game to Ohio State out in Columbus when J.T. Barrett ran wild. The Michigan State game the following week, there was a three-and-a-half-hour rain delay, i.e. thunder. 
So, you know, Penn State was in control of the game, generally speaking, up in the East Lansing, three-and-a-half-hour rain delay. They come out, and Michigan State takes it to them. Uh, but yeah, nothing like that happened this year. Michigan State just kept on coming, and Penn State lost yet another fourth-quarter lead. So every game I've just spoken of, two years in a row against Ohio State and Michigan State, Penn State was in control late and lost every single game. So <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. Yeah, that's. I don't know how many times Michigan State has won at Penn State, but like I said, it's usually on the road in East Lansing where Penn State has a tough time with the Spartans, but this year it was in Happy Valley. And uh, John, I was just looking at the Michigan schedule, and they still have yet to play uh, Michigan State, which is this weekend in, in uh, East Lansing, and then they have to play also Penn State and Ann Arbor. Two in a couple weeks, and then they had to play at Ohio State. So Michigan, although they're fifth or sixth in the country right now, their season is uh, the balance of their season is these those three games that I just mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah. No, the Michigan is really uh, yeah. They got a tough schedule, um, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can hold on. Keep in mind they've only lost to Notre Dame on opening night, so as as the CFP uh, has shown, you, you, you know, you seem to get a little more forgiveness losing early, and you can't lose it any earlier than your opener. So Michigan and Jim Harbaugh have really come on, uh, which is fascinating to watch. But AP, hard to believe we're at the end of this uh, third segment, so why don't we take our final break, but still a few more things to get to on the other side. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, we're talking public land elk hunting, calling tips, locating the secret spots bulls love, calipers that fill the freezer, ammunition that performs, and more. Joining us is Mitch Petrie, Vice President of Programming for Outdoor Sportsman Group, and Steve West of Steve's Outdoor Adventures. Jim and Trav's Elk Quest 2018 is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Let's hunt. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel have you had a chance to check out voice america's online magazine and blog if you love our hosts and shows check out articles that give an even deeper perspective plus topics about health and fitness movie reviews philosophy business tips and tactics spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite hosts it's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com that's blog.voiceamerica.com the voice america press blog all access all the time your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Boys America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, and it's a tough one, uh, given baseball divisional playoffs, more good football coming up this weekend, but tomorrow night is the opening of the NBA season here in Boston. We have another uh, night of... Two teams playing at the exact same time, which, of course, is the Red Sox-Astros and the ALCS. But my real highlight of the week is the Celtics 76ers opening up the season at the Boston Garden. And what's really a kicker, aside from the fact that they last met uh, in an interesting playoff series last year where the Celtics won. But tomorrow night we get our first look at Gordon Hayward in a Celtics uniform playing real live regular season basketball. As we all know, he broke his leg in the first minute or two of the season last year after being the free agent acquisition of the year, of the offseason the year before. So, AP, uh, Gordon Hayward, we all love Gordon Hayward. Never forget his near miss to beat Duke in the national championship and what would have been the most famous basket, I think, in basketball history, college or pro. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a fascinating dynamic up here. We're all just, you know, everybody's just can't wait to watch Gordon Hayward and what it's going to mean for the Celtics if he's Gordon Hayward, which we have every reason to believe. He's had a good preseason, good rehab. We all remember the excruciating injury. So tomorrow night, for the first time in really a year and a half, basically, since he last played in the playoffs for the Utah Jazz, we're going to see Gordon Hayward playing basketball and up here, people are really excited, including me. Yeah, you have the long road back, right? And so, oh yeah, uh, he, he could be a fan favorite, John. Exactly. Keep in mind that uh, Brad Stevens, Celtics coach, was of course his coach at Butler, and uh, and including the famous night when they almost beat. Uh, Duke in Indianapolis, which happens to be Gordon Hayward's hometown, happens to be the location of Butler, hence my earlier statement about it, you know, perhaps would have been the the most famous shot in the history of basketball had he made that mid-court shot, which just rimmed out at the buzzer. Anyway, uh, it's going to be great. You know, AP, I opened the show by talking about being at the Chiefs-Patriots game last night, but an hour, you know, the Red Sox started an hour earlier with the big David Price question. What David, you know, we're going to get the regular season David Price or the postseason David Price in a must win game. And AP, the hour before kickoff over in the bars and restaurants surrounding Gillette Stadium last night was as good as I can ever remember because it was, they were just all packed watching the first couple of innings, specifically David Price in the Red Sox game. So it was really, and then throughout the game, they were flashing the score and so many people had TVs and radios, 
You know, so you're watching the Patriots live in front of you in an epic game while also keeping abreast of what's happening over at Fenway Park, 20 miles up the road. So a fascinating night, and tomorrow night's going to be a little bit more of the same AP. How lucky are we up here in Boston uh, where you have the Celtics and Gordon Hayward opening their season while at the same time the Red Sox are playing game three down in Houston. So, uh, again, it's a wealth of riches up here in New England these days. Yeah, they have have had quite a decade or so. <laughs> we sure Patriots have. And the Celtics, the, the Red Sox, I mean, it's pretty lucky. To all in that one town. And, yep. uh, you know, you have to sometimes make your choice. <laughs> it, right, exactly. Exactly. But luckily in this day and age where you're really able to, you know, monitor both. I mean, I'll speak for myself. Last night I'm at the Patriots-Chiefs game. It's, of course, just incredible to watch. But, you know, there was a, a break in the action, as they say, and I just, you know, hit a couple buttons and, you know, I'm, I'm looking at Red Sox Astros live from Fenway Park on my phone. I mean, on the TBS app. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, trust me, I wasn't alone. I wasn't alone. People yeah. were literally passing their phones around uh, or, or little crowds were huddled around the person with the phone with the Red Sox game on. And I have no doubts that at Fenway Park, it was the same thing where, People had their, uh, you, you know, the uh, Patriots game on their TV. So, again, Boston is just uh, built for these kind of nights. And last night was really, really one of the more special ones, I must say. Only because the, the Red Sox were in a must-win. They had to win. And the Patriots were playing in the game of the year in the NFL. You know, and, they, and it delivered in a big way. Oh, yeah, big offensive output by both teams last night. It was, it was fun to watch those two quarterbacks. And I, I couldn't believe near the end there where Kansas City scored within 12 seconds on that one pass. Right, Tyreek Hill. It was a perfect play except for uh, the fact that they left Tom Brady too much time. And I swear, AP, every single New Englander and Bostonian had the exact same thought at the exact same moment. That's what it's come to be with the Patriots. Uh, where, you know, that's how you look at it. Nobody was bemoaning that. Everybody simply looked at the clock and said, oh, Brady's got, you know, almost two minutes to go here. We're good. No <laughs> I mean, yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, no problem. problem. And then he, of course, delivers at age 41. It's, uh, it's another story for another day, but it, it, that story gets more amazing by the week. It really does if you think about it. Oh, oh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to see. I mean, with the way people can keep themselves in shape, you might see a, a quarterback play for that long. and But to be that good in the top of his game, no pun intended, it's, it's, it really is incredible. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's, it's like we've just, you know, we're seeing, the, the, you know, we've never seen this before because he's 41. He's playing again at an MVP level after winning the MVP at age 40. So uh, this has not happened before ever in any of our lifetime in any sport, really. So no. uh, I, I never take any week for granted ever, especially when I'm ha lucky enough to go see him in person. So uh, here we go again. I, I'd say Patriots are back, wouldn't you? <laughs> They're back to being oh, the Patriots. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and his his style of football is suitable 
for for longevity because he didn't make his fame with a big arm. It's with his accuracy and knowledge of where to where, where to throw the ball and, and keeping in tune with all his receivers. It doesn't matter who they put on the field. He he's going to make the throw. Exactly. Exactly. No, it's it's amazing to watch. And just as we close here, AP, in the final minute, I just want to take a quick note that watch the end of that University of Central Florida comeback win over Memphis, keeping their 18-game winning streak intact, longest in the nation. AP, we both cover the uh, American Athletic Conference, of which the UCF Knights are a member, their quarterback, Mackenzie Milton. Uh just amazing. The game was played in the driving rain. Memphis jumped out and was in control the whole game. But UCF found a way to win at the end in a driving rainstorm. It was special stuff, that's for sure. Yeah, that program, they know how to win football games, and they're not going to let go of that streak very easily. They're not. No, they had every. They, they were up against it. They really, really were up against it. And I kind of thought, yeah, there's just no way. They're, they're just, this is it. But it wasn't. And... Really, really good stuff, I must say. Uh, and speaking of good stuff, uh, I think we've had a lot of good stuff, AP. It's a great time of year, but unfortunately, the show has uh, come to an end. But I want to thank you, as always, for calling and lending your uh, expertise. Hey, John, it's my pleasure. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to the next time. Me too, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.